0: I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. took a public land trip back at the beginning of December from Florida all the way up to Tennessee, Kentucky area. Hunted both states and through trials, tribulations, errors and breakdowns, frustrations, <laughs> breakdowns. We uh we managed to come back with one whole deer.
1: One point. Oh, we didn't even come back with it. You're right? We didn't, but oh, no. we did manage to we did
0: manage to harvest one deer. Harvest we went one to a deer, good yeah. cause, and uh We'll get into that a little later, but man, so it all started at four thirty in the morning with a ten and a half hour. Really turned out to be closer to twelve hours by the time we got there. Drive oh, from yeah. Yeah. from Florida all the way up to Fort Campbell, Kentucky.
2: Fourteen for some of us, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and three for the AAA driver. <laughs> so that was that was. I mean, if you already haven't figured it out, we lost a vehicle yeah. almost all the way there. The
1: the drive was great. Until, yeah, we got there, twenty minutes from our destination, <laughs> literally
2: at the exit route,
0: yep, we were gonna <laughs> so uh, yeah, the exit that the Google wanted us to get off on was that was that exit one off of interstate twenty four yep, yep, and take us through downtown Clarksville and into our
1: humble abode humble abode, our studio is bigger than the uh No, no, no. Yeah. Yes. I I bet there's
0: more square footage in here than there was in that cabin. (laughs) (laughs) And it's
1: still a tight fit for four dudes in here.
0: (laughs) The cabin was a little wider, but not nearly as long. But uh, all in
1: all, I I mean, I had a really good time. I can tell you what, though. The cabin stayed a lot warmer with four people in it. Yes, it did. (laughs) Don't forget the
2: microwave that took 10 minutes to heat up. A bag of chili
3: <laughs>
0: or gumbo.
1: It was fun though. I I gotta say it's it was definitely uh, an experience that I would like to experience again.
0: Oh man! Before we get any longer, any further along, let's, I gotta introduce everybody here. So I've got myself, Will, Jim,
1: yes sir,
0: Jordan, we're here, Bill, yep, and our guest AJ, who was our man on the ground up there in Kentucky,
1: did all of our scouting for us pre-scouting. AJ, you gotta talk now.
0: I did. Oh, I I I didn't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) So we got AJ in over the cell phone tonight. Just the easiest way to get a hold of him. He's still up there stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And uh, he did very hard air quotes (laughs) pre-scouting for us there. Uh, Our intentions were to go up, to arrive on Monday. And then generally the way that the base works, you have, generally you have Tuesday and Wednesday with areas open for scouting. Not the case when we drove up there. So we were able to take a, some time out of Tuesday and drove around some of the areas that were going to be open uh, for when we could start hunting the base Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, saw a few deer from the road through the window of the pickup truck. And then uh, we hit our plan B And that afternoon. We went out to, uh, to the state forest down the road from there we went out there and we did a little uh little kind of afternoon hunt scout there and everybody
1: else hunted we walked around and scouted yeah you and i walked (laughs) around and scouted uh stalked a a set of squirrels for (sighs) i tell you what though man them squirrels up there they're something else because they sound exactly i can't tell you how even sitting in the stand like oh deer 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 deer's coming deer's coming and then here comes this you know Thirteen-pound squirrel around the corner.
4: Well, when you're when you're bouncing around through about a foot of leaves, it's <laughs> yeah, not hard to sound like <laughs> yeah, a deer. Yeah, but normally
1: you can tell the cadence of a squirrel's step
4: from hey, a deer. I will say, when I seen squirrels and when I seen deer, the squirrels definitely made more noise than the deer. Yes, um, there's no doubt because the deer. I mean, the deer can walk through them that foot of leaves with, with no problem.
2: One evening, I hunted in a spot that was so full of elm and. Oak leaves and the squirrels were wicked thick and they were, they were industrious and they would run. And sometimes they would, you know, they have that prancing leap they have. And other times they would run with the leaves and it looked like a snow plow where you just, they just run here, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the leaves were, were, just. I wish we had a camera. Um, I've never been in woods with louder squirrels ever.
4: Like Moses part in the Red Sea watching them squirrels go through. And you're right. You know, so I, I did watch some, and, and they would fly. Literally, they'd, they'd be going downhill, and it was three or four leaps, and that sucker done covered about 30 yards in three leaps. And I'm like, dang.
0: So you talk about going downhill. What do you guys think about those draws and oh, the bottoms boy. and stuff compared to, I mean, a lot of you, a lot of everybody in here is, Dude, I, does a lot of hunting in <laughs> south Georgia.
1: I was going to tell you, it. I honestly loved – the way i could kind of get midway down on one i loved sitting on those so i could sit midway and then i could see up behind me i could see down in front of me if i sat midway down i could see a good ways up the other side too i mean you could just see so much in there but it was not as easy backpacking the climber and i had told somebody i was like man you had to carry the backpack or the backpack climber everywhere you went they're like that ain't nothing I'm like, yeah, but you walk five miles here, you're walking five flat miles there. You walk five miles, you're walking 10 miles from up and down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I never thought about that.
4: Hunting that type of terrain is, is great. Yeah. Walking or dragging a deer out that type of terrain is <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but the whole experience was, was a blast. And uh, I, I, I've i hunted some land in Georgia that's had draws Obviously, nothing quite like that, but I like hunting draws anyway, where you can sit on one side and see across the other, or sit on top of one and see down one and down the other and over on the other side. That's that's pretty cool, because I've killed a number of deer that way, where they don't even know you're there. They're coming down one hill, and you're sitting two hills over. Um,
1: that's neat. It's nice for the leaf to actually be completely gone as well. <laughs> What I really like about hunting up there is, um, uh, you know,
0: it, it poses a, a, a different challenge than it does here. But the fact that there are so many oak trees, right? If you're down here in the, in the South, the deep South, uh, especially Florida, uh, if you can find a good oak tree that's dropping acorns, you've got a good spot. The deer will be yeah. there, but up there, <clears throat> uh,
1: Man, you hard it's hard to find a pine tree. <laughs> Dude, there were white oaks, fifteen white oaks around me everywhere I looked. Mm-hmm. All over the place. Yeah, if we could have been
4: a, a month or two earlier when they were dropping, it would've
1: have, would have been a big difference, I think.
0: I I've seen uh I I sat in a spot one afternoon that had a persimmon tree that was bigger than some oak trees I've seen down here.
1: Dude, that persimmon tree at the campground was loaded. It's huge.
0: Yeah huge persimmon trees and the one spot I sat in with that big one probably had about six of them and I told AJ I said if you're not in here beginning of next deer season when this sucker's dropping persimmons then you in the wrong spot
2: on the other end of the spectrum <clears throat> I think we all ran into one of these trees I don't know, know what it was That would always be straight as an arrow look beautiful you'd put your climber on there and know that if you were going up there one false step, you were going all the way to the bottom. Yeah. Hard, oh, hard as, as a, a rock.
1: rock. Hard as a rock. Yeah. I, yeah. I sat in one the last morning, man. Yep. I'm like trying to shimmy my bottom into you it. Wiggled, th- to get wiggling, trying to get it to grab. You need about any damn razor blades just to eat into I find myself
0: they, on those trees getting up there and you pull the bottom up and then you bounce a little bit yeah, trying to get yeah. the teeth That's what I'm talking in. about. I
1: stand all the way at the edge and kind of shimmy the bottom back and forth trying to get it to bite in. Like you got a lot of weight to shimmy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I got a shimmy because my weight doesn't do it on its own. He's
4: got
0: to saw the teeth into the bark. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it was definitely a place that when I lived there for five years, I loved hunting up there because it's a, it's a totally different experience to hunt those woods, is it was a learning experience for sure. To hunt those woods versus what I grew up hunting in, in Southeast or South Central and Southwest Georgia. Uh, you have a lot of agriculture. Right. Which in, you know, in South Georgia, that plays a big role uh, in the amount of deer you see and uh, the quality of deer you see. If they're planting a lot of uh, peanuts and a lot of high-protein agriculture, then you're going to see some, you'll see better antler growth that year you'll see more deer around you as they funnel in and out of the agriculture fields at night but up there when you get off of the base i mean there's plenty of agriculture on the base itself um and up there they plant everywhere around there you've got soybeans corn and sorghum and then tobacco here and there that's about all i've seen them plant up there aj have you seen them plant anything besides those four
2: that's about it
0: <clears throat> so that that's all I've ever seen. You don't see the cotton. You don't see those other uh plants out there and but when you venture off that base from around the base and you go out towards like Dover, Tennessee where we were at.
1: None.
0: There's it doesn't exist. Oh. There's small farms that plant some smaller stuff maybe, but a lot of it's cattle. You'll see cattle on 90 acres and stuff out there. Yeah. That, uh, but you also don't have these massive, you know, six, seven, eight thousand, hundred thousand acre.
1: Yeah. I said, but you know what? Those one, the one thing that those cattle areas have, if you noticed, is prairie grass. Yeah. All of them have some type of wintering grass planted in their cattle fields.
0: So, and it makes it makes a difference, and you can sit up there and look down in the valleys, and when you're on that state land, you're like, man i'm just going to get down on the edge of that field no you're not yeah, because that's not that's private
3: property <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah where i was sitting where i shot that that uh, unicorn. it uh i could see the pasture down there and a couple cows and uh, and uh but i knew obviously it was it wasn't state it wasn't state land down there
2: the reason that deer only had one horn was half billy goat yeah that yeah, was from hey, climbing those
4: hills yeah that was a
0: that was a 14 point that's right, right. we decided right. the
4: other side of that that was broke off had to have been at least a 14 point so
0: yeah right. <laughs> the
4: tailless deer and I, yeah it didn't yeah. have a tail i'm sticking to that story by the way
1: aj <laughs> how much different is it than north carolina where you originally started hunting
5: Uh, i think it's a little different i don't there's not i'm not used to hunting like pine trees or walking around public land, I'm used to just having a big old box blind and I just sit in it and wait for deer to come.
0: Yeah, you get the That's easy way I- out.
4: <laughs> you know, you were talking about the crops and having different crops. That that can work against you as well because like in southwest Georgia where we hunt, you get... In fact, you, you might have... You might have... do what?
1: I said, we have cotton the past two years. Yeah,
4: but I mean, your your crop... The The problem is... is you see all these deers before season, right before season, or bow season starts, and they're in there and they go cutting the peanuts. So the deer change their movements right on, you know, you might be seeing them here and you might be seeing them there, but as soon as they take that crop away, the deer change and go somewhere else or they go back to nat- natural food in the woods. So it's crops can be good and crops can be bad. I mean, yeah, it's good for the deer, good for their health, good for their growth, but when you're talking about hunting them and seeing them, it, it'll change at the drop of a hat.
0: So I I noticed when we hunted that, I had a, a little 90-acre parcel of private property that I hunted when I lived up there the last few years I was there. And I noticed from trail cam photos that we would see bucks all through the summer in their bachelor groups and then the velvet and then about the time deer season started. Because you're starting in like mid-September in Tennessee, mid to late September. Now they have a velvet hunt, which starts earlier in September. Uh, But you're starting mid to late September in Tennessee, so your leaves are already starting to change and fall. And at that time, those bucks would just disappear. You would have them on camera almost every other day, if not every single day in the same spot in that bachelor group. And then come hunting season, they're gone. The one,
4: the one cell cam I have right now at our camp in Georgia, it, it, it was exactly that way. Yeah, and just until what I send you all that picture a couple of days ago. Yeah, was the first decent buck that I seen, and I had five and six bucks, nice bucks, at that camera the whole time, until just before, and then done, and then one finally shows back up.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy though, and you know I've heard kind of like when it comes i've heard people say that if you have a piece of private property that you should put less feeders and your feeders in open areas and not in the woods. that way it forces the deer to travel more for food well see that's the interesting thing about hunting in tennessee is you can't feed that's what i'm saying yeah they, they already have they're already feeding wherever they're going to feed there yeah they're they're going to travel I mean, it's it's pretty much their yearly routine. To... We
0: were we were heavily reliant on food plots and mineral blocks, and we would keep mineral sites going all throughout the summer. And you got to be careful too, because now they have a lot of those uh, mineral blocks that have pieces of protein or corn in them. And If they catch you hunting over that, that's baiting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's why they had that dirt stuff that me and AJ saw at the. it looks like dirt it looks like a bag of dirt (laughs) well hey if it works
0: it works but we would put out mineral blocks and use that all throughout the summer and then keep them going through deer season in the deer regularly i mean like you take those mineral blocks you set them on top of a stump like we've always done and then they keep just tearing apart that stump we had a stump at one point that was a good you know probably a foot across and stood out of the ground about two feet. And that sucker was almost gone by the time we left there from putting mineral blocks on it. They come in, they dig all around the dirt around it and everything else.
4: And if you wanted to dove hunt, that was a good place because there was always dove
0: there. Well, we had, we would have a, a dang hard time doing it where we had it. Cause it was thick, thick in that bottom. But even, even on that piece of private property, we hunted, we you started out by the house on top of a hill and then you drove down into the lower field. And that was down in the bottom and then it went back up to the top of another hill that had a field on it then it went back down into another bottom and then it went back <laughs> up another hill I mean it was just a series of rolling hills throughout that entire property but I dude we had stands all on the sides of the bottoms and in the lower portions of it and just you could sit in there and see deer for days and we had some some areas on posts that were I mean pretty good I think we would have done 50 was, I think, one of our, our better areas we sat in. For sure.
1: Salt. I think if, if I'd had a, a chance to kind of hunt that area that I was in a little more, I probably could have come up and scratched something up, at least shot that deer that AJ missed. Oh, yeah, AJ, you saw a deer in 50. Tell us about it.
5: Yeah, I saw a deer.
1: Saw so, as it ran away after the two shots.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After I saw it twice, no, I watched it come down the ridge that, you know, Jordan's like, hey, just on this ridge right here. So I sat there. What do you know? Here comes this big old dog walking down the hill. I just watched her. Then I, like, pulled out my little rangefinder. finder. I was like, hmm, I wonder how far she is. 45 yards. I was like, that's perfect. I went, man She looked right at me. I aimed center mask with my shotgun. I guess I missed.
1: Twice. Yeah. <laughs> the shotgun. Should <laughs> have. Shotgun uh, should have patterned at first.
5: Yeah, you know, maybe. Was she, was she
1: smiling thought... when she left? <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> so when you're hunting on the base up there, they do, according to the rule books, allow you to hunt with a rifle, but they rarely open up rifle areas. So you're pretty much stuck to hunting with a, a shotgun, shooting slugs, a muzzleloader, or a bow. And then they open up areas for shotgun and muzzleloader. And uh, they open up separate areas for bow. Obviously, you can hunt in a shotgun muzzleloader area with a bow, but you have to wear orange. If you're hunting in an archery-only area, you don't have to wear the orange. So, you... And then you sign into these areas, you go out there, and you hunt. <clears throat> I wish it was that easy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you sign it's in like a at the same time,
0: same time, however many other of people are trying to sign yeah. in. It's... Uh, you're doing it over your phone and then uh it used to be i mean when i first started hunting up there you were calling a phone number and you had you could call in 48 hours ahead of time so you're calling in thursday for saturday morning or your saturday hunt and then friday for your sunday hunt and i remember i think the most times uh, one opening weekend i called in 375 times before i got through jesus because there were 75 or, or there were there were seven phone lines that were tied to that one number that you could call in kind of like trying to win tickets to a concert on a radio station is what it sounds like to me except worse. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, I discovered back when that was a thing, I, you know, I got to thinking one day, I was like, man, there's gotta be an app out there that will allow you to, that'll automatically redial a number as soon as it hits a busy tone. So I started searching and I found one. And when I got that app, I think the most I ever called in after having that app was 25 times. (laughs) Because it would, as soon as it hit a busy tone, it immediately hang up and redial. It was faster than I could redial. Yeah. So on average, average, I'd call seven times. I'd sign myself in, hang up, call again, sign my buddies in, so we could all get into where we're going to go hunt. And now, you're logging into an internet system, and you're trying to sign in. It used to be that active duty had from like eight o'clock to nine o'clock. And then from nine to nine thirty was DOD civilians, Department of Defense civilians, and disabled American veterans. Nine to nine thirty, and then nine thirty to, from from nine thirty on, regular civilians and anybody could sign in. And there was no, there was only a limit on how many people could be in the training area. So if you were in a less popular training area, like one you had to drive a long distance to get to. Uh, it was easier for you to sign into that area. If, if you weren't getting in first thing in the morning, you know, you're on that civilian slot at nine 30, yeah. but now they've cut it back to where each training area only holds a certain amount of each specified slot. And everybody signs it at the same time, which really complicated things.
1: I was going to say, cause there were a few times where like I clicked on, I got logged in, I clicked on and it was like six spots remaining. And I click and I'm like, boom, boom, check in. And then it's like, Nope. Empty. Full. Yeah. yeah. Full. You're like, dude, it just said six. and Like, uh, like it's six, and then I clicked check in, and it was full. It's yeah, all, about, all about your internet speed then. 30 uh, yeah. people all dude, saw the same was, six yeah. slots yeah. open yeah. the, the same thing, It was still the same thing. Even we were at Chili's, and I had full 5G's.
4: And the first the first night was major panic because the, the system wasn't working right. when We were all trying to log in, and, and nobody yeah, could get nothing. The system. That was a
1: nice thing about Thursday night because we had a major panic. We're like, shit, we're not going to get in. The system's not working, and it took us like 20 minutes, and we still all got the area we wanted. Well, that, sort of. Well, you got it. You just didn't realize you did.
2: I had it. <laughs> it said I had it. But then later, it said that I didn't have it, and when I went and looked for my permit, it wasn't there. But then the next day after I went to the State Forest by myself, thank you for letting me buy your car, AJ.
5: You're
0: welcome.
2: I checked it, and there was a permit.
0: So, tell us about broke car number two, Jim, and the cussing by the gas station lady. <laughs> well,
2: so I didn't realize the time, but A.J. took the battery out of his truck and threw it. That's a, what was it a Toyota Corolla? Yes. 1965? <laughs> no. no, no, actually it was, actually it was, it was pretty, yeah, it, was a, it was a pretty new car. But Yeah, but it, it ran great, to tell you the truth, but because you hadn't driven it, um, didn't check the tire inflator. Inflation. And I did see that the little tire, the, the little symbol in the, that says you got a low tire was on. But um, pulling out of the base, Google tells you to go a certain direction and I wasn't familiar with the area but the direction it wanted me to go took me to, there was a bridge out right next to where we stayed. It wanted me to go that way, I couldn't go that way. So when I tried to use one of the alternatives, it started taking me into the base. And then had to be turned down a gravel road and eventually I came to a creek with no bridge and a big sign that was very, very, very clear that you're, you're not supposed to be in there. <laughs> so I turned around, started running back down the gravel road. And all of a sudden I realized this gravel got a lot more rough than, than when I started. And I got out and sure enough, the front tire was flat. The nice thing, I fixed the flat tire. Thank God that the spare was in there. Almost flat, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, and, a, and at least three guys asked if they could help. They stopped just to make sure I was okay. That was pretty cool. You know, on the base,
0: they saw the Corolla and I thought they was going to find a, a, a cute woman out there and they were mildly no, disappointed when they found you and then asked anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally got that all patched up, uh, drove to a gas station, went in and, uh, washed my hands and then had the audacity to reach behind on little grill rollers, I reached behind the sign with my bare hand and grabbed a egg roll. Roller food. Holy cow. (laughs) You'd have thought I shot someone. (laughs) Lady behind the counter. Man, she didn't come over the counter at me, but it felt like it. She got all up in me about reaching back there and grabbing something with my bare hand in the empty restaurant and then I might get her fired. Not in a restaurant, empty gas station. Circle K. Yeah. And, uh, I just said I wouldn't do it again. (laughs) That was how my morning went. Did you hunt that morning? I did. Didn't see anything, but, uh, I had, I walked down, uh, a draw and was set up where I could, I was overlooking a private land field that had a fence, around it, and looking down into a bottom, where a stream came through, and uh, I did see that coyote again, saw him again, Um, saw a bunch of squirrels, and I thought at any moment, man, all I need is buck, doe, whatever, to come sneaking through that bottom, or come down the draw, it felt great, but just wasn't to be, and then when I saw I had the permit, I said, going back over to
0: Yeah, you ended up coming out and hunting in uh, 50 50 that afternoon, didn't you?
2: That's when I I discovered that none of the four tires had any more than 15 pounds of
0: air. (laughs) Thank God you were driving a Corolla.
2: (laughs) Hug the road, though, baby. Yeah,
4: I
3: bet it did. You know,
4: the, the biggest thing for me was by the time we got to the cabin the first night there, it was dark. And we got up early. That was the only daylight driving was when we went out scouting the first day. And our scouting consisted of basically riding the roads. Any other time I went back to that cabin or we went anywhere, it was dark. And normally I'm I'm pretty much a human GPS. I, I get my bearings everywhere. Man, for four days I was lost. And when you guys left and me and Jordan and I <laughs> yeah. were there, I'm like... I don't know where to go. The I've first, only been here in the dark.
1: The first day we went out on our own, we, we pulled up to an instant. She's like, where do we turn? I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know. Go that way. We'll see if it looks familiar. Nope. We
0: went on base. Had to turn around.
1: <laughs> oh, so you
0: guys went in towards gate 10. Well, you? no. we No, first time. We,
1: we went out. We got out right. And then when we got to the check station there, we went right past the airfield instead of going straight across towards town
4: need to turn left to go. And then down.
1: instead of going, coming back and turning right, like we were going towards Clarkville, we went straight back through the other direction. got <laughs> into the training areas. <laughs> into the training areas. And we got turned back around. I was like, all right, let's go the other direction. That well, y'all,
0: y'all were supposed to be going into the training areas that day, weren't you?
1: No. no. No, we didn't have anywhere to go. We did not.
3: Hmm.
0: I thought that was the day that me and AJ went to... Uh, no, that was no, when y'all was, were gone. Y'all left. We was gone. When y'all oh, left. oh. Yeah, the morning y'all left. Yeah, Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the morning me and AJ went to 20 and you guys went to uh, 23.
1: Oh, no, we made it that no. fine that day. Yeah. yeah.
2: No. 23 was my favorite spot.
1: That was a... I tell you what, it looked beautiful in there. Once we got in that bottom... It did. And I could swore, and I saw some of... I, I saw the biggest rubs... Out of any of the areas that we even looked at, I saw the biggest rubs in that area. But it was a doe on me. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: I yeah. I used to go back uh, sometimes when I was hunting closer to the check station because at that time, you had to take every deer you shot. You would take your daily tag and you would wrap mm-hmm. it around part of the deer and then drive back to the check station, check your deer in. The biologist would weigh it, age it, all that stuff. And then you would they would issue you a tag from Fort Campbell And then you could take that tag with you to a processor or wherever you want to go with it from there. Uh, But when I would hunt closer to that check station, sometimes I would go there in the middle of the day and sit down and just talk with the old guys because the check station just gathers people. And I had an old man tell me, he said, I've been hunting this space for 20 years. And he said, every training area holds 170-inch deer. You just got to find him. And I believe it. Because, I mean, you've seen it. You've seen the, the big oh, rubs, yeah. and there's just... But it's hard hunting in some of those areas.
1: And when you say, like, you think... I sat in the stand one morning in, uh, in 50. And it was... No, it wasn't. It might have been the morning I was in 10. And I decided I was going to map out 50. Right? And you say training areas, and you think it's like a smaller... By the time I had finished mapping out the property line's at 50. It was like a 1,500-acre track.
0: Yeah. The base is not small. And no. mind you, when they're like 50 holds, I want to say like 40 people maybe. So you're not by any means packed in there. And some of those areas, they'll hold 30 people. And it seems busy because there's only one way into the area. Yeah. Or it's very hard to access the training area, so everybody has to park in the same spot and walk in and walk to different places. Like ABO three, for example, is on the far north side of the base, and it's it it hugs the airfield for the base. So there's only one spot to enter ABO three, and it's a long walk. It's a pretty big training area, but it's a long walk to the back of it.
2: Hmm. I, think, I think we're almost doing ourselves a disservice, but. There's no, had a few things gone differently, I think we all would have taken deer. The first thing we kind of got snake bit on was we were supposed to go up during the rut. That got canned because it did a 21 day uh, field exercise, like all across the base. So we went at the end of this. So there's people running all over the woods for 21 days. And then we show up in between the rut and the second estrus. So that was already tough hunting. Then the base was closed so we couldn't scout. And then because of the limited access, we pretty much wound up hunting a different area every day, or almost right. every day. So when you kind of think about what would you tell a public land hunter not to do? Don't just show up on the day of your hunt and wander in in the dark because you're probably not gonna have any success. Yet that's what we ended up doing every day. Like it's not anybody's fault, it's the system. And even the fact that we only had one truck, we all kind of forced us to all hunt in the same area, right? So whenever we're trying to get in some of these areas and only have four civilian access and there's three of us, we're competing with each other and yeah. the other 1,500 people that want to get in there. right? So when you kind of put it together in hindsight, if you were to go up again, go up during the rut, get hopefully have a scouting day where you can get boots on the ground before you hunt because each day... I'd stay, you know, we'd wander in, there in the complete dark. Couldn't really find much sign or see anything because you had no idea where you were even starting. Trying to use a Google map that was clearly outdated because apparently they don't keep the base map updated. I understand why. One area that I went to hunt looked wide open. I got back there. There's 15-foot pine trees everywhere. <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it was desert on the map. So, but if we'd gone up and had two trucks we would have been able to say, okay, well, we're going to try to get in this area. We're going to try to get in this area and not been competing with each other. So if I were going to go do that truck hunt again, I'd advise every hunter to take their own truck, hopefully get a data scout.
1: I was going to say, too, if we'd had data scouts in multiple vehicles, it would have been like, hey, you go scout this area, you go scout this area, and then you come back and you say, hey, this is what I found in each area.
2: Yeah, and, well, different hunters hunt for different reasons. You guys are chasing horns, and I was just looking basically to knock something down. I didn't care buck or no. Knowing about the competition for the spaces, if I were to go hunt it again, like I so said, take your own truck, instead of trying to get into the buck areas first, <laughs> if you're just trying to have success, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking to the doe areas. Because the chances are, since almost everybody goes to those as their second choice, if you go to it as your first choice, you're gonna be able to hunt the same area multiple days in a row. So even if you wander in there, and you didn't have a scout, a, a data scout, you could have, and that's what we did in 23, is I finally found an area, those pine trees, man, highways running in and out of it, opening up into one area that was a, a flat bottom, um, flat hardwoods that then transitioned into a pretty heavy bottom. And, and the deer did come out 10 minutes before shooting light, but they ran, it went from the pine trees right into the heavy stuff, and the only reason I knew they were there is because I heard that doe just bleeding like crazy. But had I had a chance to hunt that the next day or two days in a row after that, I I'd lay three to one odds that I would knock a deer down there. But we went someplace else the next day. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, yeah. So it's the,
1: the problem is I learned too with how that to hunt the, it. the next day that area was a archery, archery only. Yeah.
2: Right. But what I'm saying is we could with now that I've been up there and that's part of hunting, it's part of public land hunting, is learning how to hunt the area. Right, the day that Will, you and I went out to Rock Springs, and part of the reason that we ended up where we did is because of the different squirrel trips that I'd taken out there, knowing about the edgy area, having seen deer sign in there in the past. So we did exactly what you shouldn't do: wandered in the day of the hunt in the dark, but already knew that that was an area predisposed to deer. Right. Right. So now you know. If if I go to twenty three, I got pins exactly where I'd hunt, and I have no doubt that I would knock something down.
1: I think that was part of the cool experience for me, though, was having, literally having to learn it, like, on the spot. You're not going in there. You don't know the place. You're just kind of going in blind, and you're learning how to hunt it as you hunt it. And yeah. having been hunting my whole life, it's just kind of different to, you know, it's, almost have to reteach myself.
0: So the first afternoon we wandered, Stuart, uh... We saw that deer across the ridge. across crossed somewhere on yeah. you. Yeah, I saw that. And then the next morning, I didn't see anything. Uh, the next afternoon, that was when it rained on us, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. freezing cold rain. Yeah, that
4: morning is when I, I saw sucked. the, the uh, button buck and then another deer. I couldn't tell what it was.
0: Yeah. That afternoon, I didn't see anything. Then we went on to Campbell, Campbell. the next morning. Uh went in blind to 50, and then I walked in there with the light of God <laughs> and found, my, found where I wanted to sit. Now, I say that I have a dang uh, Surefire headlamp, a thousand-lumen headlamp, and it literally is like car headlights coming through the woods. One headlight of a car coming through the woods. So I'll walk in with it turned down real low, get to where I think I want to sit, turn it all the way up, look around, and go, yeah, I can see 50 yards. Well, I sat up there that morning in that tree that I'd picked and then I handed you that surefire and sent you off on your way so you could figure out where you wanted to go. A dead tree. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I sat there that first morning and had a seven point spike come in on me. And then uh, that afternoon I moved over 30 yards from that tree where I wasn't sitting directly on top of the deer trail that those deer walked in but I could still because where I was sitting the deer trail kind of entered into the open area right in front of me. Well, I didn't see it in the dark. So, and I had myself blindsided. I could not see deer until they stepped out literally right in front of me. So I moved over about 40 yards where I could see the trail coming through the woods. So I had time to kind of prepare myself for a deer coming in. Didn't see anything that afternoon. And then, uh, the next morning I was absolutely exhausted and I slept. Yeah. <laughs> I was just worn slap out. But that afternoon I went over to the other side of the hill you were hunting on and saw a dang, um, a spike and then that was friday saturday morning i went in blind again into an area saw three deer i know two of them were button bucks and one of them about got busted because it was a little tiny button buck and then a much larger button buck and i could have swore seeing him come through was like oh that's a that's a doe yearling this game on right. i mean i had the hammer cock on the letter and everything and I stood up and I kind of squatted down because I had a I had a bad tree limb in that area and I was squatted so I could see underneath of it. And I looked at his head, and I'm like, God, dang it! So I let it go and then I watched it and I was like, Let me check again. And I looked at it again behind me and I was like, Nope, still a button
1: bug. <laughs> Dude, that was that same thing, that dang spike that I would seen over there. I had man, I had, I didn't quite know where I was, but I walked across a, a creek bed, and it was. By far the biggest creek bed I'd walk. I mean, it was probably 10 yards across it. And it was just straight sand and gravel. And I was like, man, the deer got to be, you know, moving across this thing or using it. Right? Because it's just an open highway for them to use. So I got to the other side of it. Went some of the way up the hill. Found a good tree. Sat, climbed up. And uh, down far on the other side, 150 yards. I saw a deer come out. And I was like, oh, man. So, when it finally got to where I could see it real well, I got scope on it, and it was a spike. And I was like, shit. So, then I seen another set of feet with it, and I'm like, oh, okay. It's all right. This is something shooter. Button buck." <laughs> I was like, "Dad, it!" Well, the spike went up to the top of the ridge, worked his way down it, back behind me, and then I just decided to stop watching him after. He went at this th- thick stuff behind me, decided so I stopped watching him. And, uh, and then something big came out again where that spike came out and i was like oh, okay this is a big doe i'm about this spike again the same spike he just pulled a 360 and walked this and he went right back out where he went out the first time just walked a whole circle around me and then the button buck laid down he didn't run off until i decided I it was time for me to get down
4: the hunting of of landing you'd never been on before was was a cool challenge. Um trying to figure out, you know, we we used the what was it, Exonic?
3: What was uh, that? Onyx. Avenza maps. Avenza, Avenza maps and Avenza maps. Yeah.
4: And uh, that was pretty cool. But the whole you know, going in in the dark, um, you know, you're looking at the map and you're you're trying to see tree
1: wise. So I was just using Topo really with Avenza.
4: Yeah. The, with, but when we went in like that last hunt we went into in the Nadoa only, um, we were looking at tree lines in the dark, trying to figure, because you're going in in some it's like pines right that look right like there. Ocala, and you could see the tall trees. Okay, now we got bottom here maybe. And I'd set up right in the middle between <laughs> the two. I, I Granted, I could only see maybe 60 yards, but once it got light enough, I, I mean, it was rubs all over the place. And it was that transition area between the two of the pines and the tall timber. if I'd went another ten yards, I'd have been right there in the bottom and I'd probably yeah. seen that deer that I heard walking, but it just it was it was a neat challenge that that I hadn't you know I've hunted public land before, in fact, I've killed my first deer in Ocala hunting public land on somebody else's tree stand that they left in the woods but uh <laughs> public land yeah but it it was it was neat and and i I really i I thoroughly enjoyed that that aspect of it of, of being somewhere that I've never been before, yeah um and just looking at the lay of the land like we went to the state forest, and you know when the first day we got there we we just kind of walked the road, and you could see the bottoms go down
1: hundred feet whatever they went. I would say when you say you watch them go you look at them go down to I mean they went down down
2: a yeah. hundred feet. That that was three or four hundred feet in elevation change yeah. from yeah. road to field.
1: Yeah. Within like, you know, maybe a hundred yard range. It was just straight. if you
2: if you had fallen forward you weren't stopping to you oh, hit no. the cow field. No, no. <laughs> when, no. when I or shot that,
4: when I shot that deer and I had to and I was tracking it, I I, I hit a spot that was so steep. I had to sit on my butt and slide down about ten or twenty yeah. yards to get to the where I, the deer trail was because I, I couldn't I couldn't walk
1: down. It. You're walking across it at a forty five degree angle. <laughs> yeah, you're leaning this
4: way trying to stay without you know slipping on rocks or, but it it was I loved it. I mean it was it was great.
0: Uh, That's another challenge too. You didn't think about until you start walking those edges is that uh, you're like oh it's just leaves. No it's not. No, there's dang rocks, rocks. bowling ball size, yeah. boulders, you know, rocks sitting underneath those leaves that'll come loose if you step on them the wrong way, yeah. or you trip on them when you don't see them because they're covered in leaves. It's a, uh, it's a, it's challenging, challenging terrain for the South. Yeah. So when I shot that deer,
4: I shot it, and I, I thought I hit it, and so I went down to where I thought I shot, and I'm looking back. Well, I couldn't see my tree stand because it was where my stand was and where I shot, I was too far down to see. Because, you know, you're up 15, 20 feet. You bring your climber down to the bottom and you get down on this ridge and you're looking back up. And you're like, crap, what tree was it? And I found no blood. And I was like, man, I know I had to hit that deer. So I just looked at the leaves and I started following the trail that looked like a fresh. And I bet I went 100 yards and I didn't, I'm like, man, I know. There's got to be blood. got to be some blood. And sure enough, I seen him one spot of blood and I was like, yes. Well,
2: that's why we right after you shot him. I was texting you after asking if it ran to the right because we were on the same side of the road, but between us was a pretty steep ravine. Yeah. And after you shot at this point, didn't know whether you hit anything or not. But shortly after I I heard, deer right on my left and I, I knew you were on my left and uh like to the point where I mean I was on the scope I was sniper at the ready figuring that if you had missed that guy he was going to come I figured he'd have to work through that ravine yep. and I was just going to keep on working and uh, I mean I heard him coming and then I heard
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I, I was like <laughs> I was trying to get you on the phone like and that's when I I got out of my stand and was walking to the side of that yeah. valley. I, I heard him death rattle, right. So, um, but yeah. And then I was standing, looking down. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, I knew it was down there somewhere, <laughs> and I thought I, I thought though from the sound, I thought it had made it across the ravine before it died, but it was it was just before the ravine. He went I down
4: that ravine and went started just, Along paralleling, the yeah. paralleling right around, and it went right right back around where i saw him to where he to where <laughs> jordan saw it probably the same deer yeah and uh and i it the blood i seen the first little bit of blood and a little more blood and i was like oh yeah he ain't going far but then the drills the blood trail started going back up and i thought well going back up he's not hurt that he's not hurt that bad but then the blood kept getting more and kept getting more and i was like okay and then i seen it probably 30 yards away and i was like yes
2: What's interesting, if you go to the top of that ravine where it came back into the road, there's a little trail that goes on the other side of the road, and just down in there, it's not a great rub. There's just a little dinky rub.
4: Yeah, I had two or three of those. It's funny because you get up in a tree and you're you know you're going to a spot in the dark, and you get up in a tree and you start looking around. Once the day it gets daylight, you go, shoot, there's a rub right there, and there's a rub right there, and there's a rub right there. God, dog. But it's like I mean, William
1: said, you get up there and you get in your tree, daylight comes up and you're like, oh, son of a gun, I'm right in the middle of this dang deer trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, I talked about that spot where I, I turned my headlight up and I
0: was like, okay, cool. I can see 60 yards. I climbed up in the tree. It got daylight. I was like, okay, cool. I can see 250 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a big flat plateau <laughs> area, but because of the fog, all I could see in the fog was 60 yards. When it got light, man, I was like, holy cow, I can see a lot down here. And I've had that happen to me a lot, and I, I you know it, it's you never know when you go in the dark like that. But that's again, like you are talking, it's one of the challenges of it. And when you're talking about these ravines, you're talking about if you go halfway down this ridge and you climb thirty foot up a tree, your're eye level with a deer at your back, and you're eighty feet above one in front of you. Yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> There was a couple of times where I didn't even go up the tree for that reason. I said, why? Yeah I mean I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be fifteen feet over the deer right here. And like so why not just why not just clunk five, six feet off the ground so you're comfortable? Yeah, and the last yeah,
0: yeah. The last morning we were there, I hunted out of a dang folding chair. Yeah. I was like, I don't feel like putting my climber on the tree. Just carried my folding chair out, sat behind a tree where I could see a good deer trail going up the next ridge and that was it.
1: Kicked up against a tree and sat. Yeah. That when I found that uh the spot in 50 where I was gonna put my climber for the afternoon hunt when I was walking back out, I'm thinking, man, this ridge, this ridge looks like a good area to sit, like, I might move my climber, and AJ came back in with me, and I sat, I had AJ sit further down that ridge, and walking back up, I'm like, man, I should, I should sit almost at the top of this, I, you know, I'm, I'm a safe distance from AJ, but I can still kind of see what he can't see, and then, uh, I was like, dear gotta be using this, I was like, nah i'm gonna go with my first choice just sit where i sit, where i set my climber and then uh the sun went down and i went to work on my way out and walking that ridge and there had to have been dadgum seven deer running back and forth everywhere across that ridge and i'm like son of a god i just sat this dang ridge <laughs> hey aj
4: what have you been have you been hunting any since we left
5: Took, took some time off.
0: So, have you gone? You, was too, you frustrated. He, too frustrated. Have you uh, you gone in looking out to hunting ducks out there? I know that one morning we we're out there; they were just hammering away at the birds.
5: No, not yet. I think I'll do it when I get back and leave.
0: Well, you going home to North Carolina?
5: Yeah, I'm gonna go try my luck at uh, North Carolina deer.
1: Let's so say he's gonna let his wife kind of provide for the family there yeah i'm gonna
5: the old lady shoot a deer for me <laughs> you
0: used to need to find a place with pigs man you had plenty of plenty of uh luck with the pigs on that place and we had in southeast georgia when nobody else could even see them i know yeah but dude you were going out at what 10 o'clock at night and sitting until four in the morning
5: yeah sometimes I'd, I'd go out at like nine and sit until the damn sun came up the next morning
0: Jesus, dude. <laughs> so tell me about how you were hunting those pigs over there.
5: i So I bought that that um pop up line and I just put it down in the I can't remember. it's like, back off in of that corner,
0: wasn't it, where the figs pigs it, broke that cedar
5: like, Yeah, where it gets super swampy when it rains. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just put it over there, back in the bushes, and then I just got some corn, some Jello and some old, stinky beer, because one of my buddies worked at a, uh, a gas station, and he just gave me all the expired beer. I just put that into the corner, and I let it sit in my driveway in the baking sun for like a week, and then i go out there and just dump it out on the ground. Continuous. I went out there every day, because I didn't have to work, because it was during COVID. So, you know, <clears throat> I didn't work for like two months straight, so I just went out there and killed a bunch of people.
0: AJ was going out there he's he's missing the key part where he was going out there in the middle of the night and he would sit there in that blind until he could hear pigs then he would turn on the flashlight and shoot him with that 303 British <laughs> <laughs> Lee Enfield rifle <laughs> that's old school
2: got literally, access yeah. to NVGs and all the latest gear but no flashlight literally plinking them you
5: can hear like a <laughs> plink <laughs> Yeah, and I bought this like attachment that I could attach to my to the rail of my three or three, and then I had a flashlight on top.
0: <laughs> Flip the flashlight on, let them have it at what? And shoot, you weren't what 20, 30 yards maybe? Yeah.
3: <laughs> how <laughs> many <laughs> pigs?
0: How many pigs you end up killing out there?
5: Um, uh, three,
0: six. Good lord! I thought it was gonna. I thought you only kill three or four, but you was letting them really have it, weren't you? We killed six all in total. Good Jeez. lord! But yeah, he got there in that little piece in South Georgia and just letting the pigs have it. But hey, let's wrap this back around to where it all started with the truck breaking down. <laughs> Do we really have to? No, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because this this episode right here is the uh, yeah. I mean, you spent enough money, you could have gone to Colorado, killed an elk. <laughs> I could have deer. flown to Colorado and killed an elk and probably
4: a mule deer. First class. Uh, yeah. Tipped yeah. <laughs> the guy. For, yeah, for tipped, the bill on that truck. Uh, Tip the
0: guy, had plenty to drink and plenty to eat while you were there, and still come yeah. home with a little bit Ate of change. Filet
1: mignon every single night. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we are going down the road. We'd stopped uh, to get gas, and then we leave exit 4 on 24, headed towards exit 1, and mind you, by exit markers, there's a three-mile gap right there. And right as we get to exit one, or before they get to exit one, you had, what, a reduced power warning come on the screen? Yeah, yeah. change, fuel filter, change reduce, fuel filter, reduce power. And uh, this is a 2016 Duramax. And then the truck just shut off, literally at the mouth of the exit ramp on the side yeah. of the road. And uh, me and Jordan were like, all right, because Jordan has a piece of crap Duramax, and we drove to uh the the gas station or the uh the auto park store got a fuel, fuel filter. filter wrench and then drove to the dealership and got a fuel filter changed the fuel filter on the side of the road still wouldn't start and then Luckily. aj came to the rescue with the yoda offloaded everything out of the out of out of bill's truck the, the gear and everything wise we got it all to the cabin um and then, what time did the, y'all wait? What three hours? For I the said, thing? Luckily, Jim had AAA. Yeah, well,
4: it was starting to get cold in that truck. I will <laughs> say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, waited three hours for AAA to show up. Yeah,
1: once they finally got there, I pulled up. The guy's got a jump box on his <clears> truck <throat> and uh, he's trying to jump it off. I'm like, It's not gonna crank. And he's like, Yeah, no, I'm jumping the battery. I'm like, No, yeah, you can jump the battery, but the truck will not start. And he's like, Yeah, I'm jumping the battery. I'm like, Dude truck's done. It's not going to (laughs) start. Like, don't even try. Don't waste your jump box. It's not going to start. And he's like, oh. (laughs) Okay.
2: Bill and I probably saw that fellow drive by about 90 minutes before. Yeah. Because AAA, for some reason, told him that we were at Hardee's. Despite the fact I, I mean, I I couldn't drop a pin and email it to him because they wouldn't give me their email. But described exactly where we were. And instead, she just told the driver we were to hardy's like i don't know a couple miles away and finally three hours after they said that they would be there the guy called and asked if we still needed a tow
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then he's worried if the truck would fit on the onto the the flatbed (laughs) so the, the truck got
4: towed to white gmc buick in clarksville and uh we thought it was just a fuel filter, so we, you know, we got most of our stuff out of it, or I thought I had most of the stuff out of it until I started looking for things. I'm like, "Crap, it's in my truck," and they went. They got in. They got on it the next day. They they were great. I mean, I know it's it was a big job uh, and a lot of work, but uh, they got on it the next day and looked hooked it up to the computer, found the codes, and then they then they told me, "I said, well, hopefully it's nothing too bad." And uh, he says, "Uh." your injector pumps gone
1: high-pressure fuel pump
4: and uh, if we can get one uh, they're on back order from Cincinnati he said but the Chevy dealer here in town has one if we can get it and let's see that was what Tuesday he told me that on Tuesday and then Wednesday they had ordered parts from Cincinnati got parts in Thursday they said well, yeah we might have it done by Friday and then the guy texts me a picture with the whole cab off the truck. And I'm like, holy crap. Um, and I guess that's how they work
1: on those. They just... Yeah. Not
3: look, the hood, mind you. Yeah. The whole, the whole cab. cab. Well,
1: your whole... Yeah. Essentially, when the... It's a CP4 pump, which is on more than just Chevrolets. Yeah. But when it goes out, it, the gears in it grind, and then they sh- send shards of metal through the system. And he got lucky, because there are... Lots of cases where those shards of metal just happen to make it into the engine, and then the whole engine's done. I don't know but your whole how fuel much more system, money it would have been yeah. if
4: the whole engine if they'd have replaced. Had your to replace whole fuel the whole system
1: engine, is kind of on the back side of your yeah. motor. Yeah. So it's either pull the motor to do your fuel system or pull the cab and leave the motor and transmission everything in. Which you guys will get to see those pictures before this episode comes yeah, out. I'll put them up on Facebook
0: at the...
4: So they they were working on my truck, and they, this day, promised this day, promised that day. And we thought, well, maybe we'll get it by the time we leave. And we were leaving on Monday, and their service department closed at 3 on Saturday, and it wasn't done. So we knew we were maybe going to get it sometime Monday. So Will's buddy, Greg, graciously loaned me his beautiful 2020 High Country, Duramax, 2,500. And uh, we had that, so at least when Will and Jim left, we had, we had some transportation. To, and thought, eh, well, we'll go get it Monday afternoon, maybe. And Monday afternoon, wasn't ready. Tuesday, going to be ready by noon on Tuesday. Tuesday at noon, wasn't ready. So, well, maybe we'll get it by 3. And uh, so Jordan and I rode around, went had lunch, I said, you know what? I really don't feel good about this. Let's go to a couple of rental car places. Well, no rental cars to be had. We ate lunch at Tilted Kilt in Clarksville and I looked down the hill and it said Enterprise truck rental. And there was what, maybe six yeah. six trucks sitting there, four doors, Dodges, Fords, not a Chevy in a bunch. So we went down there and checked it out and my graciously my work they called me on Tuesday and said, uh, "Hey, uh, if you can't get back, we'll we'll pay for you a rental car. Uh, we're very short-handed and lack of people this time of year." I said, "Well, they're supposed to be done." It's Monday. They told me that, and I said, "Well, they're supposed to be done by noon on Tuesday. If it's not done, then I'll I'll look into it." So we went down to the rental car place. The truck hurt uh, the truck rental, and he said, "Yeah, I got be this much." I said, "Okay." I said, "What time do you close?" He said, 5 o'clock." So we went back to the GMC place, and we see my truck come pulling in. Or I walked in and asked him, and he said, the guy says, well, I think he's out driving it right now. I said, oh, great. Well, we're sitting there waiting and waiting, and all of a sudden I see the truck pull back in and went right back into the shop, and I'm like, oh, no. So I walk back into the service guy, and he says, well, he said, They've, it's got an error code, they're, they're working on it right now. About 4.30, he comes out, and he says, look, he says, the air code is electrical. He said, your truck's probably not going to be done by 5 o'clock. Down to Hertz rental, we went and uh, picked up a truck. I think it was
1: a little before 5. It was about 6.30 by the time we got set headed home.
4: Yeah, we went took Greg's truck back.
1: So it would have been 7.30, Florida time. Yeah, took Greg's
4: (laughs) truck back, and Jordan and I hit the road. Um and it was traffic bumper to bumper from Clarksville through Nashville. Nashville. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't get a whole lot better until we got on the other side of Chattanooga. There might have yeah. been a small break, but.
1: I tell what, other side of Chattanooga, though, we had a nice experience at Bucky's. Never been to a Bucky's? Never cow. been to Bucky's
4: before, but Dude. I guarantee it. Dude. I have never seen in my life so many gas pumps in one place. <laughs> <laughs> so many gas pumps. Yeah. They had
1: uh, uh, just about a dog Walmart inside the yeah. gas station. Yeah,
4: Bucky's is pretty cool. I don't
0: yeah, have they to sold, stop next time i see one. They sold me. Yeti yeah. coolers. Yeah. So, in Bucky's
1: and <laughs> Bucky's. They sold deer feeders. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yes. Yep.
0: So when
4: I go back, when I go back uh, to get my truck this weekend, uh, I'm going to stop at Bucky's again. But uh So yeah, the it was uh, quite the costly uh, yeah. costly deer hunt, but it was outside I don't I don't know that I wanna say it was worth it, but uh it was uh, Time well spent. It was time well spent and memories well made. Yeah. Um and uh I'd like to put a, a plug in for uh Montgomery County Meat Locker in Clarksville. Those guys are great. Um we uh That's right. Took the deer to get processed and uh, dropped it off, and we decided we were going to give it to uh, Greg, uh, Will's buddy Greg, so that uh, he's not able to get
0: out and hunt. And I don't, if you want to tell
4: his story, you can tell his story. Greg,
0: Greg is a good friend of mine, and uh, through happenstances uh, across his deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan, um, in the army, his time in the army, um, he. Lost his legs as an after fact uh, due to infection, and while we were there Tuesday, he had just had both of his legs bilaterally amputated six inches above the knee. So he's not been able to walk since two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, I think that's what said. Um, but hopefully now he's doing really good. All the infection's oh, gone, dude. and he'll be up and wandering around again. Well, uh,
4: was he back so. home? Had Tuesday said surgery back home on Thursday. Dude,
1: yeah. he looked freaking great looked on great. Thursday. Oh my and gosh. Then he I,
0: looked. I spoke to his wife uh, after we got home, and um, they did tests, and he no longer has any sign of infection. His white blood, blood cell counts back to normal. None of no infection in his urine. They're already awesome. ordering all the stuff to get him shaped up for prosthetics. That's awesome. So he's yeah. doing a lot
3: better. He looked
4: he looked ten times Good. better when we seen him Friday. Yeah. Um, and uh, but we went. I took the deer to Montgomery County Meat Locker, and there. Uh, paid for it and told him, look, give him Greg's number. I said, when this deer's done, I said, you call this guy. I said, him and his wife will come pick it up. And I told him the story of what happened with Greg. And uh, as I was getting ready to get in my truck and leave, they says, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, Come back here. And uh, the guys, uh, they were all three veterans, um, handed me my money back said, this one's on us. You tell Greg when We'll call him when his steer's done, and we're going to deliver it to him. Uh, and uh, that GMO. that was that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, now, good people, mind you too. When Dad says that it was costly, it wasn't only costly because of his truck. It was also costly because we went to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Academy, the Boot Barn, yeah, uh, Academy, the Boot Barn, uh, Lowe's, the Mall. We went everywhere possible in Clarksville for a man to go that wasn't uh, overly irritating <laughs> at least five times a piece. Yeah. I mean, dude, we went to King every day, probably twice a day. George, it, it got to the, I got point, to the point, point where said, we got we to stop going places. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> I don't need to spend any more money. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would go back to like rule king. I'm like, I'm sitting in the truck. I'm not going in.
4: <laughs> hey, we we did do we did do one little thing. I'm trying to see what the name of that place was. It was a uh, a Civil War... Oh, that was fort cool! There, yeah, in,
1: uh, I realized how how far out of shape I was there. I think me and him may have walked a mile and a half or two miles, and I was like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> "It was uh, Fort Defiance." Uh, yeah. You know, I never went there the entire system. time. You know, I was that was kind of cool though, because yeah, you would always cool. yeah, you would always think that uh, like the Confederacy would that would be an area for the Confederacy, but that fort was actually a Union held fort.
0: That's
4: pretty deep. In yeah. downtown Clarksville, we walk off the trail going down toward see if we could get down toward the river. That's three does jump up two does or three, three. deer. Three does. Three does. <laughs> jump up three does in downtown Clarksville. <laughs> well, here's
0: here's the big difference in the week we were there and the week you got and the time you guys spent there after we left. When me and Jim left Monday morning, it was a hellacious storm and not nearly compared to the one that just went through there and and oh, was yeah. taken I, yeah. I don't I'm not even sure what the death toll is now, but that the tornadoes that just ripped through there ripped through in the area we were in, um, and our hearts go out to those people. And uh, it's it's just terrible. Um, but uh, luckily, I don't know anyone that was affected majorly by that. But um, we had a bad <clears throat> a bad thunderstorm come through with that cold front that pushed in. Yeah,
1: twenty four degrees on Tuesday morning, <laughs> yeah. and the heater didn't work. <laughs> Dude, I was in the fetal position, wrapped up in my <laughs> blanket like a freaking cocoon, <laughs> trying to keep warm. I went to Rooking and bought a sleeping bag. There I was no I, way.
4: I looked over at Jordan in that bunk bed, and I said, as long as you ain't naked, you can come get in a sleeping bag with me, but if you're naked, uh-uh, you ain't coming. He didn't come over, though. So, I got to know. I was you- in pajamas and a long <laughs> sleeve.
0: It's still cold. Do you stay on the top bunk, or you go to the bottom bunk? I went, went, to went to the, the bottom bunk. bunk. Okay.
3: there was no mattress on that bottom bunk (laughs) no neither one had a mattress we went
0: and bought a heater at rural king yeah (laughs) yeah but that was another challenge we faced is that it was pretty dang warm there were actually days where it was cooler here in Florida than it was when we were up there so
1: and you know another thing about it there was kind of i've never really experienced was um you didn't go you didn't go anywhere between hunts right you went Mm -mm. you went back to your truck where your truck was staged but you just hung out there and Got a BS there for a little bit, cooked some breakfast, made those half mean moon. half moon sandwiches. Ooh.
4: And you, then if you ain't never had one. You you have not experienced high cholesterol.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <clears throat> the sandwiches were the last day at the State Forest.
0: Where we fried For, it. You, <laughs> For you, we done had it about four times before that. No, no, I had one of
2: them little bitty sandwiches uh, y'all were making. He's talking
0: he about... Talking about we, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I missed that. I was, he's, he's talking about when yeah. we turned it into Arby's out there because we yeah. had the meats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We
1: had... Jim was like, Jim gave me 20 bucks. He's like, go somewhere and get uh, anything you can fry that's going to be good. I'm like, all right. So me and AJ went and got... And mind you, on the way there... We drive across this pond, and the pond had to have had, damn, I don't know, two thousand geese in it, and all kinds of other ducks and shit. And me and AJ are parked in the middle of a bridge, glassing this lake, and cars no are like driving way. around us on the bridge and shit. <laughs> but uh, what I what did we get? AJ, uh, bologna, spam, uh, ham. Oh yeah, AJ brought the country ham, so we had bologna country ham spam uh vienna sausages ba- vienna sausages bacon bacon and bologna yeah or, yeah
4: and eggs cooked on a griddle over an open fire it just don't get <coughs> all in
1: between now. two honey
0: buns <laughs> fried <laughs> honey buns
2: fried <laughs> and butter honey buns
0: the the key is is to fry the the honey buns in the bacon grease yeah that's, that's grease what makes butter. all the difference hmm but we ran a propane, so we started a little fire, bunked some rocks, we pulled off the, the hillside and made a little fire ring and started a fire up and laid that
1: dang blackstone griddle top right over top of the hot coals and <laughs> fried it right there, baby. Man, AJ, that that one day, uh, the first morning at 50, AJ had that one honey bun and just literally completely soaked it, soaked <laughs> it in bacon grease. <laughs>
4: Uh, they asked me what do you, they asked me what do you think about these sandwiches, Dad? And I says I think I should have took my cholesterol medicine this morning.
2: <laughs> they were good though, man. AJ
1: said he's gonna start eating them twenty four seven. You feed them to the kids yet, AJ?
5: No, not yet. But I've been telling people at work, I was like, look, I gotta make you this sandwich. for breakfast. <laughs>
4: you gonna be Just out buying your Blackstone?
5: Over. I have a Blackstone grill. Okay. Ooh, fancy. I'm, I'm like, look, you gotta come over. I'm gonna make you the sandwich. <laughs>
0: it's good and it's it's a cheap sandwich too i mean it's easy to pack that stuff in a small cooler or whatever and that's one of the things that i loved about hunting up there uh, when i did hunt there one thing we were missing was the fact that i couldn't find my dang coffee oh, percolator coffee would have been good with it yeah so that i could sit because we used to sit there we had a an old uh a white gas stove and we would run it on a little stove ran on white gas. And then you'd sit there on one side. We had a, a cast iron skillet. We'd cook everything in a cast iron skillet. And then on the other eye, you had the dang uh, coffee percolator going. Sit there, make a big pot of coffee and, sit and eat breakfast. I mean, I would throw a dang cooler in the back of the truck and bring deer sausage and bacon and, you know, everything else to go out there and just have a heck of a meal in the middle of the day. Because if you leave that area, a lot of times if you're in a good spot, if you lean, well, me and AJ saw it, somebody would pull right in there and park.
1: Well, let's just say even we saw it when right before uh, we decided to go back out for afternoon hunt, that other truck pulled up and was going to park right where we were mm-hmm. and then turn around and went back the other direction.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think to to do it again, we would probably uh, Definitely hopefully, hopefully have two trucks. And yeah. the, the one truck was made a little tough because trying to pack everything in there. Um, but, you know, have it the cook cook stuff set up a little bit better.
1: Oh, so I definitely, we learned that uh, a cook just a box, straight up cooking stuff, you can take out to the field with you, right? You know, you can paper plates or whatever. If you really even need those, we didn't even really need those, but maybe make sure you're stocked up on small propane tanks. <laughs> and then, uh, but I honestly think a dang a a truck with a dang topper would make a huge difference. You for, could, for what? Just being able to get stuff out to the field, you could put all the crap that we had in the cab could have been in the bed of the truck if we'd had a topper. Well, well if yeah. we'd
4: had two trucks, we wouldn't have had everything in the bed in the cab of the yeah. trucks.
1: Well, but, we had two trucks. Yeah,
0: we had AJ's. The well, yeah, there wasn't much cab that space was a in that one A truck either. and a half.
3: <laughs> Still a truck. Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: Listen, oh yeah, AJ even got uh, almost S- accused of being the guy that runs from the law.
0: Oh, yeah, tell us that story real quick for we round this out, AJ. Oh,
5: so there, so me and George coming back from the Dollar General when well, we went to go get all that breakfast food. And I'm just driving down the road and I go to make a left into the, the state forest and there's a sheriff coming the other way. I was like, oh, I got plenty of time to go. So I just pull up the little trail. Next thing you know, here he comes following me. I was like, man, I, don't th- I think this dude's about to pull me over. I'm like going up this hill. Like, it's a pretty good hill and next thing you know, this dude just turns his lights on, I'm like, damn. I was like, well, I ain't stopping on this hill, so I get to the top of the hill, pull over, hand him my license, and he's like, he's like, do you know why I pulled you over? I was like, no, not really. He's like, your uh, license plate. Light. Yeah, your license plate light is covering the part of the Tennessee up, and you can't have that, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's no, no big deal. I was like, Sorry. He's like, I'll move that here? zip
4: tie and Sh- tie it on the other side.
5: <laughs> and, then, and then he like looks at my license and then he like gives it back to me. He's like, all right. So he's like, honestly, I really thought you were somebody else. There's somebody else who drives around the state force in a white Tacoma. He's like, I just thought it was you with some mud all over your truck. And I thought, cause this guy like runs through there all the time and runs from the law. He's like, I just thought it was him. I didn't have time to run your plate. So I just pulled you over. I was like, oh, <laughs> well
1: thanks for being honest with me at least it was kind of awkward after that he was like yep and we were like yeah and he was like alright well we'll see you. <laughs> y'all have a good day
3: Yeah,
5: <laughs> but uh, man what was that I said I thought I did something wrong at first,
1: but I guess I did. <laughs> He's like pulling up behind us. I'm like trying to sneak my seatbelt on with one finger. I'm like, oh shit, let me get this thing buckled down.
4: <laughs> you might ought to have one of them bumper stickers that says "Honk if parts fall off."
0: Yeah.
4: That that one bolt in the back that's holding your bed on.
1: No, <laughs> it's got a what
0: has got a three quarter inch socket as a
1: spacer. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Drove Jordan around the whole time. I was say, like, listen, yeah,
1: yeah. listen, I can't hate on that thing. It, it may have not do so great at highway speeds, but it got us from point A to point B, fine and dandy. I and the he, heater in that thing is off the chain.
4: I think he drove faster on those roads on post than he did on the hard road. <laughs> yeah,
0: down the gravel, man, he was getting it down that gravel road that one night we had to go pick Jordan up. We oh Jordan.
1: man, that's a completely different story we even got into. <laughs> but. <laughs>
0: there, it was it was a uh, a story filled week long adventure. Oh yeah! And at the end of it, I mean, I I didn't come out of there with a the deer. And all in all, with the five of us that were hunting, there was only one deer harvested. But <laughs> a lot of good memories made. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I would go back and do it again. I think I'll I, say, I I'm, do it I'm again. I'm about would, doing it again. I would spend my entire time in the state forest though.
1: And go during the rut. Yeah. Well, that too. But, you know, going you know, in the if state we'd forest, honestly even thought about the state forest, we probably could have just gone during the rotten hunt in the state forest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that never crossed my mind until the last minute when I was like, well, if we need a plan B, there's yeah. always this place. Because it's really,
1: it wasn't, it's like 40 minutes from where we were staying. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, thing it, going on post. It, it probably Some wouldn't of the places, hurt us. Yeah. It probably yeah. wouldn't hurt us to apply for like LBL. Yeah.
0: But then you got to look at what side's better, Kentucky side or Tennessee side whatever's
1: closest to where you're well you can stay in lbl oh really yeah and then that's not even far from stewart is it lbl yeah uh
0: i think it's about the same distance from lbl to stewart as it is from where we were staying in stewart on the tennessee side that's
1: still not too bad then
0: no but uh it's it, it there's a lot of places to hunt up there and it's just a beautiful area and i really enjoyed it when i lived up there and i was really looking forward to go back and uh I would keep going back. It's an Absolutely. adventure. It's definitely an adventure. But let's go ahead and round this thing out. Tip of the week. This is the last episode you guys are getting for season two, and then next week kicks off season three. So
1: we got two years in the book now. Man, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, stay persistent. Because I gotta say that you know there's been a few people we've talked to lately. And you know, not podcast-wise, but just kind of had conversation with people, and it's crazy to think in the in the two seasons, honestly, on, on kind of how far we've come and what we've accomplished, and that's because we've stayed persistent. So, whatever, no matter what you're doing, stay persistent. You'll you'll get somewhere eventually. Who wants to go next?
2: My tip of the week is going to be to check out the Emerald Marsh Youth Hunt. February 12th, if you've got kids that are into duck hunting, uh, bring them out. You know, there's not a lot of volunteers with boats, but uh, if you've got access to a boat, they're going to put on one heck of an event at the Emerald Youth Marsh. Um, UPO donated uh, an inflatable kayak. It's a Star Pike inflatable fishing kayak. This is no little cheap plastic kayak, man. This thing is like bulletproof.
1: It's a It's a nice kayak.
2: Chances are, by the time this airs, I hope that all the slots uh, will be sold. But uh, we're selling 20 slots or 50 slots at 20 bucks a piece, uh, in conjunction with the great folks at um, the Villages Chapter Ducks Unlimited. Uh, but by the time this does air, there will probably be a shotgun or two that might be available for uh, for a donation, where you kick in a little bit of money and you have like a one in 20 or a one in 50 shot chance at a shotgun. We've had a lot of support. Uh, Chad Crawford from uh, How to Do Florida helped us out with buying some tickets. Uh, Joey Lyon from Ducks Unlimited bought some tickets. M.T. Duncan from Ducks Unlimited. Lane Stevens, who's you know, kind of a legend in the, up in Tallahassee. And uh, you know, a great trapper, but also a lobbyist on behalf of all kinds of wild op- opportunities helped. Chuck Janique, um really pretty well-known guy in circles and a great turkey caller. Jason Gonder, who shows up at all kinds of things. Brian Irish from National Association of uh, Versatile Hunting Dogs. He's in a bunch of the guys that we know from past canoe trips, like Joe Lazenby and Mike Goss. Steve Miller from Save Rodman Rodman has supported. uh, Keith O'Hara, a guy that we met through BHA. So it's just, it's been awesome to see all these folks from, uh, oh, and we're leaving out somebody very important. Someone from the Krebs family has uh, bought yeah. Several tickets. Yeah. Mama,
0: Mama bought her a hundred dollars right. worth of tickets. Mama
2: crabs. So anyway, um, a lot of support. It's great to see so many people from so many different folks supporting that. Um, but the most important part is if you got kids, what a great opportunity to go out, get on the water, hopefully knock some ducks down. And then it's all about the kids. DU memberships, decoys, food, prizes, uh, Joey Lyon and the Village Villages Chapters of the, over there are doing a fantastic job pushing the R3 issues.
0: Bill, AJ, who wants to go next?
4: My tip is if you uh, watch the Under Pressure Outdoors TikTok that we made up there uh, making the half moons, um, you notice in the TikTok how we improvised because we didn't have utensils. <laughs> So, a hatchet can also double as a spatula.
1: I showed that to somebody the other day, and they're watching the TikTok, and it gets it, it like gets to where AJ's eating a sandwich, and he goes, "Was that a damn hatchet that you were using as, <laughs> as a spatula?" I was like, "Yep."
0: Yeah. Hey, and I only broke one egg yolk using that thing yeah. as a, spa- it, a spatula. Too. A hatchet can double as a
4: spatula, and yes, that was AJ, the famous AJ miling down on that half moon. Um, <laughs> just it made TikTok
1: famous. What do you got, AJ? Uh I don't know. I
5: don't have anything. I don't have any tips. Oh come it's on man. So you gotta
1: gotta come have something we'll go before you but how about, you know, uh how to hunt pattern, out of one of them pattern signals. your shotgun
0: in before you go and take it to the woods. Make sure you know where it's shooting. <laughs>
5: well use that thing for duck
0: hunting all right hey
4: you know another thing it's 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 not about the kill it's not about uh how many deer you've seen it's it's about the the time you had it's about the memories you made um you you can't you can't you can't give that stuff up you can't you no you can't replace it no you can't replace it that's Um,
0: that's when you that's when you get to the if you had the mastercard commercial it would say deer license 280 dollars uh vehicle fix x amount of dollars all the money is everywhere else 11217 yeah. and 43 cents yeah
3: <laughs> yeah cabin 40 dollars a night yeah. and then
0: you go into uh and then it says you know memories made priceless yeah and it's true it is um uh, all right AJ, i'll give you one more shot i'll, I'll go ahead of you and i'm going to say uh we we talked a little bit about going in blind and i have had several instances now granted these have been uh in the afternoons but i've sat plenty of mornings where i've gone in blind and seen deer i've killed uh i killed a nice eight point with a bow and i missed the biggest 12 point i've ever seen with a bow (laughs) going in absolutely blind in the two different training areas on fort campbell um but you can't kill deer on the couch what you can do is walk out well before daylight see what you can see with your little bit of flashlight light climb up and if at 7 30 at sunrise when it's you know you're like oh man if i was only two trees over climb down quiet move two trees over climb back up uh because like i said you're not going to kill them on the couch the one morning i slept i didn't see any deer uh so that's good i was quasi on the couch in the front seat of the truck i was
1: pretty pissed to hear that you were sleeping that morning (laughs)
0: but uh, can't kill them on the couch. So get out there and hunt. you will I, I highly doubt that you would go out there blind, sit, not see a deer, and regret uh, not sleeping in because at least you're going to learn something. All right, AJ, last chance.
5: I still ain't got nothing.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't sell your John boat. Yeah, there you go.
0: Have good flashlight
1: yeah. batteries.
5: Don't sell your John boat because you might need it when you move somewhere else. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll catch you guys next week. You got big things coming up for season three of Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast and it's been a been another good one with you. Yeah, it's been a blast. Audios.